What's up, everyone? This is episode number 85 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Um, speaking of Instagram. The prisoner wishes to say a word. So I was just telling some people that I thought Instagram had locked me away, thrown out the key. My account has been restricted for at least a month and a half, maybe more. I was having to get real creative to try and work around it. But I am a free man. And a lot of people have been asking me what I did to get out. I tried changing my account type recently. I guess you can set up a professional account for free and enlist yourself as a podcaster. I did that. My restrictions were magically lifted. So now I can finally interact with some of you again. That was a pleasant surprise this week. But enough about that. I'm very excited about today's show. So I've got a fun conversation to play for you later that I had with my friend Steve. Before I get there, though, I want to share some odds and ends real quick. First off, thanks to everyone that listened last week and chimed in on all the factors that have been weighing on the basketball uh, market. And I actually set up, speaking of market, I actually set up at a card show last week, the same one I described not long ago. Well, this time I set up on a Saturday, um, you know, the one with the headlamp and all the shenanigans. Well, there was a steady flow of traffic, but it wasn't as packed. And I don't think as many people came from out of state. I think other shows are opening up. I think people have other things to focus on, like college football and whatever else is opening up. So that kind of gives a little more support to some of the market conditions that I described in my last episode. Don't worry, though. Um, Out of the people that showed up, there were still plenty of Florida men. I'm, I'm going to assume that's the plural form of Florida man. In the first hour of the show, I saw a verbal confrontation uh, with a couple of hold-me-backs. And also, there was a guy walking around with uh, half a bottle of Michelob. You know, remember, this is like 9 a.m. And when he came to my stuff, he put the bottle in his elbow so he could look through my cards. I thought they were going to get a shower. I didn't pick up a lot, uh, seeing as I spent most of my time at my table, but I did shoot a video of, of a few things I grabbed. You can find that on my social media. At one table, I found an optic traded card of Andre Drummond from Chronicles. And I said to the dealer, you know, oh, wow, this is cool. I haven't seen any of these before. And he said, take it. If someone's impressed by an Andre Drummond card, they deserve to have it in their collection. So we got a good laugh out of that. And I really do appreciate him letting me have that. You know, even it wasn't a high dollar card, but it it was a very nice gesture and and I appreciated it. And it's something that um, is interesting to me. So we don't actually get traded cards so much in uh, with Panini anymore. So uh, while I'm talking about pickups, I had several mail days that I was particularly excited about in the last week. And the first was just a purchase, but I picked up a Goga Bataze Illusions Draft Night Auto from eBay. And I'd been looking for these uh, for one of these for a little while. I missed the first two auctions. There are only 32 copies. 
I described an Aaron Holiday mail day like this not long ago. Well, this year, since status wasn't supposed to exist, they moved the draft night autos to illusions. And I'll talk more about status later today. Um, but these are awesome looking cards. And it's funny to me that one of my favorite Panini auto sets actually uses stickers, which we generally frown at. But these are just so well done. And if you want to see it, look back on my social media. You should find a picture of it on there. The second piece of mail I want to talk about came Tuesday. And this was a gift from a listener and a longtime veteran of the hobby message boards named Dars90 Cards. And he sent me a picture of a Mark Jackson 1999 Tops MVP promotion last week and said, hey, do you need this for your collection? Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with that set, I've talked about it a little before uh, in my episode with Mark. He talked about uh, collecting more while spending less. Um, but these are a parallel to the Tops base set that look very similar, except there's a stamp on the front that says MVP promotion. And then the back is white with a little form you can fill out. And there were only 100 of these for each player. And the idea was if they performed well in a particular week, Tops would pick that player as the MVP for that week and you could redeem the card for a prize. So what we ended up seeing was a lot of the stars got redeemed and then a lot of the lesser players simply got thrown away. So that means that a card that was originally out of 100, you know, for all we know, could be much less now. These are very hard to track down. He was generous enough to let me have this Mark Jackson card for free. So thank you once again. And Tuesday was uh, turned out to be a really good mail day because in addition to the Mark Jackson, I received a package from G, which some of you know him better as The Lucky Show. You might even subscribe to his YouTube channel called The Luca Show. Uh, if you don't, make sure you do at some point. He's got a lot of fun videos. I, like he was trying to make 77 free throws the other day. Um, you know, his content's different and it's still card related, but it's different in a refreshing way. Anyway, uh, on one of these videos, he busted a hanger case of 2018 status and he pulled an Oladipo parallel that I didn't have. And he said, you know, hey, shoot me your address. I want to send it your way. I get the package on Tuesday and the envelope says Oladipo plus question mark. And I open the package. There's a status Oladipo parallel, but also a card from another set that I really like, which was the Innovation Statline Patches. And this is a set that usually has some nice patches and also features the game date and the material was used on. Um, game dated stuff is fairly hard to come by. Well, this is one I definitely didn't have. It was Steph Curry. And it, it's got an amazing looking patch on it. So gee, you have outdone yourself again. Thank you so much. Uh, the patch on this thing is insane. As you already know, I'm a huge fan of this set. But to get a card from a friend makes it even better. So thanks again. Those of you that are listening, I will try and get that. If it's not already on my social media, I'll make sure that gets up there. And then finally, I can't end this opening segment of the show without saying congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James for winning another title. I know at the start of the season, a lot of people were talking about how Kawhi Leonard could become the first player to win a finals MVP with three different teams. You know, the only guys that had done it with two different teams were Kawhi, Kareem, and LeBron. Well, it's like we forgot about LeBron. LeBron just did it with his third team. So I thought that was pretty remarkable. I know it's a little cliche to say, but we are, in fact, witnessing history. Sit back. Enjoy it. All right. Well, before I move into today's main segment, I want to take a moment to tell you a little about Fanatics. 
As you guys know, there are costs that go into running a podcast, so I signed up for Fanatics Affiliate Program. Several of you have already purchased items using my link. Thank you. Some of you might even be looking for Lakers Championship gear. Whatever NBA gear you're looking for, there's a good chance that Fanatics has it. So if you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod and click the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned, and the Wax Museum podcast gets a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod. Okay, on to the main segment. This is a conversation I recorded Monday night. I really enjoyed this one, and I hope you will as well. All right, so I'm here today with Steve, aka S. Howley2003 on social media and Blowout, although you'll always it'll always be showly to me because that's what I thought it was originally, um, aka the Jay Crowder guy. AKA Boston Steve, if you listen to Pack to the Future podcast. Steve, how are you doing? Did I forget any of your aliases? No, I think you nailed them, Kyla. I'm doing well, and, and I try to keep the, the showly tag as my uh, a consistent one so that people can find me easily. You know, it's all transparency. So you nailed it. I'm, I'm doing well. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the hobby a little bit. I've, I've had really enjoyed the hobby overall, and. Um, I think we both work in a similar profession and we're both kind of back at that grind. So I'm sure you can picture that. Um, but things are going well. How about yourself? I don't, I feel like your guests never ask you, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. You know, I, uh, we chat some on Instagram, so I, I feel like it hasn't been as long as it actually has since we last chatted. Um, I, I don't think we've chatted since the first week of April though. And yeah, it was re- it was really when the pandemic was in full swing and everything was locked down. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you that haven't listened to it, that was episode fifty eight. I think it was called "Conversation with a Player Collector." Make sure you check that one out. Um, we were just starting to come to grips, like you said or alluded to, this whole quarantine thing. I people, I think people were stashing optic and toilet paper at the time. <laughs> um, you know, only one of those has probably stood the test of time. Um, we talked mainly about your crowd your Jay Crowder collection and a lot has happened since then a lot of fun stuff and I'm like I got to get Steve back on because a lot of sets have come out um, some new sets are coming out that you and I um, either love or hate or we're both on the same page for your Celtics were eliminated sorry no. uh, my Pacers too so I, I feel you um, we've seen a lot of Crowder on TV lately thanks to Miami's finals run so I think we have a good one ahead of us here so let's go ahead and jump right in. And um, to give us some continuity, since we, we had the player collecting episode, we talked about the, the challenges that come with that in episode 58. Let's talk about some of the sets that have come out since we last chatted and your progress on those products. Okay. Um, so when we last chatted, I know uh, Court Kings, I heard Court Kings was supposedly in the warehouse at that point. We didn't know when it was coming out. Mosaic's release was kind of in limbo as well. It's my understanding that Jay Crowder did not make Court Kings, um, and he, but he did make Mosaic. Is that correct? You got that correct. Yeah, he was he was left off Court Kings this year, which which was a bummer for me because that's I mean I, I could go on a tangent that they've killed that set, but still a set that I I enjoy. And um, this was one of the first years he wasn't in it, but he was in Mosaic. Mosaic. Yep. Well, if 
you know what? If you don't do it, I will because. Um, <laughs> And this is not a uh, oh boy. There, this is not a. Let me preface this. This is not going to be a bash panini show, um, but there's some things we need to talk about today. So, yeah. Court Kings um, used to be an incredible product. Okay, canvas base cards, uh, on card autographs, fresh paint autographs, um, jumbo relics, jumbo letters from rookies. Uh, yes, they were player worn. That didn't bother me. Um, at uh, game dated memorabilia, yeah. uh, box toppers, art, yeah. yeah, performance art. Uh, is there anything I'm leaving out? I know. I think uh, you nail, and then they really hit a nice stride, and they continued this, but the the different levels of rookies too, and people rookies one through four, people really liked that had really showcased different art. It was a very artistic um, set, and and like you said, they they really. They nailed it with just having such variety as far as autographs and patches and the right amount of inserts. It was a well-balanced product. It really was. And then all of a sudden one year – well, actually before they eliminated the memorabilia, it started shrinking and then it just yep. completely disappeared at one point. Um, and I was just like devastated. I Actually, it was the 2018 is when they got yep. rid of memorabilia because I was, I was saving money and this was pre-crazy COVID. Um, I was saving money for an Aaron Holiday letter patch that never existed. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got over it. I got one out of Immaculate. So, anyway, life moves on. Crowder was not in Court Kings, which, in my opinion, would be a blessing in disguise. But it was bad this year. It was just – it was a dumpster fire of a product. So, it wasn't – I didn't miss out on anything. It, it was <laughs> it was a really bad product this year. So, but he did make mosaic. So I want to hear your, you know, and a lot of us have opened mosaic or we've seen it. Um, I want to get your thoughts on mosaic and some of the different parallels. Um, so I, I get a lot of crap from mosaic because I, 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 I don't like it. I really have no use for it, but being a play collector, I, I still buy it. And some of the parallels have grown on me. Um, it, it's another product where it's just too much. Um, there, there's, uh, let me scroll down to my spreadsheet here. Um, 29 parallels, which compared to Prism is nothing, but still 29. And it's not the parallel. It's the different styles of releases that are, are becoming cumbersome for a player collector. Um, really good friends with a, a John Wall collector, and he's had to stop focusing on all John Wall and kind of just pick a product or two a year because it's so cumbersome. So it's it's a loaded product. They had some of the Asia-only releases. They had the Fast Break. The Fast Break is the one that pushes me over the edge. I, that disco stuff is is tough <laughs> on me. Um, as far as the cards, and I, I know you had Ryan on a few episodes ago. Um, him, myself, and uh, Jason, small town cards are in a group chat, and we talk cards a lot. And we were actually just talking today that the – the standard color parallels actually look really nice. So it's got the mosaic design, which if you know people, I'm sure everyone's familiar with it. But it's got a textured design to it, and then there's a, a white that looks really nice, or the gold. I think the gold looks better than the prism this year. So there's some stuff to it that is very clean, has that mosaic look to it. What I loved about Prism Mosaic in the past, though, is they used in-game photos, um, and right. now it's another product where they just crop out the player, and I'm. I'm going to get to it in a little, but I'm kind of tired of that. Um, yeah, I used, to, uh, I used to call Mosaic fake prism uh, mm -hmm. or like prism light. And now that it's gone, I, I kind of miss it um, yeah. because like you said, the in-game photography. In fact, there's a Miles Turner card 
um, that's at an Orlando game that I was at. And I just thought that was so cool. But um, now, you know, it's hard to even find what games these photos came from. Yeah, they're just cropped. It's 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 pretty lazy in my opinion. Um, and then Mosaic's got some that that are just too busy. So you know, you talked about it being hung up at the warehouse. There was a lot of like false scarcity with with Mosaic because it didn't all hit eBay at once, right? It was a sort of a slow rollout um, because it, distribution was locked up with the pandemic. So. There's the, the Genesis car that was a, a retail-only pull. I mean, people are paying hundreds of dollars, and it was getting price gouged. And it ends up, you can log on eBay right now and get a Genesis for any player you want. Like, there's plenty of them. Uh, and, yeah. and it's busy. There's, there's this weird galactic background to it, in addition to three or four different colors, in addition to the – it's just, in my opinion, just too much. Like, they went too far with – slamming stuff into a, a piece of cardboard um you know s- simple's better at some point so mosaic's a hit or miss like i said it's it's just another set to me i know a lot of people are are planning on it being a you know this they call this the first year mosaic and and it could you know the football version of it looks very nice there's some really cool inserts in it um but overall it's it's not not really my cup of tea if it was a standalone and there wasn't three or four other shiny 35 point cards of a cropped out player dribbling a basketball already out you yeah. know but it's it's just another one of those um so yeah mosaics, we're, we're kind of getting a miss. shiny fatigue i think even yeah. though i you know i and i do really like a lot of the shiny cards but um speaking of the genesis uh, i know there was one point i think people were trying to say there was like 15 or 30 of them and then I could go on eBay and there were eight TJ Warrens at the same time. This was before his um, godlike performance in yeah. the bubble. But um, it, I, I just looked at it and I'm like, there is no way with as much retail as being stashed and not opened. And I go mm-hmm. to shows and I still see Mosaic not opened. There is no way there was only 15 or 30 of those things. So. No. Um, and I think, you know, like you said now, it's it's even more apparent now as more and more of that gets opened. Um, one of the inserts I did, like you mentioned some of the good inserts, the NBA Jam themed, whatever they called it, That's Jam or whatever. Yep. Um, I don't think that's right. That's an old insert, whatever yeah. they called it. Um, I liked that insert a lot. I thought that looked really cool. Jam Sessions? Is that Jam- what Yeah, that might have been yeah. it. That's that's wrong, Jam yeah. is a is a way, it was a really old, like <laughs> jelly themed one. Um so let's talk about your your progress then because you mentioned there and I lost track. I think you said there were 29 parallels. 29, yep. So how where are you at on the Crowder Rainbow? Uh, 25 out of 29. So um I got one out of the three one of ones. I, I got I said I hate the the fast break. That's the one one of one I was able to land and then <laughs> um, had, had a really cool Instagram moment. Several collectors reached out to me about a peacock, which again is not a card that if I wasn't a player collector, I would just laugh at the fact that this peacock themes cards right now, but they are very rare. I haven't been able to find one. And, um, the basketball card guy on Instagram had one in his story. A few people reached out to me, you know, made a very easy deal at a very fair price. It was, you know, so cool. So I'll look at that card and always laugh because I'm going to think it's really stupid, but also remember like the connection of the hobby. So, um, and then other than that, I've got I got all the parallel. You know, I did a lot of I joined a lot of breaks because I could buy Crowder for like a buck. Um, yeah. And so I would I would join a few breaks and I would buy other cheap players for some of my friends, try and hit some of their cards. 
Um, so I, w- I would do that if there was a break on like a Friday night and I knew I was going to be bored, I'd stream it on my TV. Um, so I was able to hit some nice cards that way. Um, but but overall, pretty good progress. It's just just the rare ones now, you know, two one ones and I don't I I'm screwing, oh a couple of fast break ones, not a ten and, and a pink. I don't know what fast break pink is number two, but so so overall pretty good. So I I was kind of under the impression like I mean I I wouldn't expect Jay Crowder to be in a release. Let's just be honest here. So um, I was kind of under the impression like, okay, the Grizzlies don't really have veterans. So he was yep. their one veteran that they're going to pack in the product. And, and I, yep. I'm not talking second or third year guys. I'm talking seasoned veterans. Um, so then he got traded to the Heat. That happened in February. Mm-hmm. But as we know, it takes, you know, understandably, it takes card companies a while to catch up with that. He, so he, but he was in a Heat uniform in Obsidian, which was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, what did you think of that product? I, and I didn't open any Obsidian. I, I didn't. I haven't opened any of it. I didn't join any breaks. Uh, I, I short answer is I love Obsidian. I'm really happy with it. Um, I was also I, when he got traded to the Heat. I was convinced that I was never going to see a Jay Crowder in a Heat uniform because he's a free agent this summer until next year's release when he signed with the name it the Golden State Warriors and he would be pictured in a heat uniform just because that's that's been the history right and, and you, right. you kind of understand it for and in hoops because that product sucks yeah <laughs> we won't get into that hoops rules <laughs> oh we will um, we will later yeah that's true hoops hoops does is about to suck real bad um <laughs> so yeah I was I was stoked I I thought it'd be you know one one um release he was in I think that again it's another cropped out picture of him dribbling which a lot of you said a lot of people have seen Jay Crowder recently. It's true. He doesn't dribble the basketball. I don't know where they're getting all these pictures of him <laughs> dribbling. He stands on the three point line and shoots or swing passes. That's he. I don't know where they're getting all these these pictures of him dribbling. But um, that aside, I like the design. It's if people haven't seen it, it's it's an, it's a textured design. It's it's actually they're etched. So all their parallels are called etch, etch green, etch yellow, etc. And the the parallel color is worked into the etching so the it's still a black card with the exception of a contra which is white with black etching so it's an etched card and the 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 parallel color is just in that etching um so it they they're very clean um you know you've i think you did one of your episodes you talked about landing that um that luca preview last year and you oh know, yeah that, so having that you know having already had some some obsidian stuff in my pc i had a sense for it, but but it really it looks nicer and it's it's not just a typical shiny 35 point card it's it's different and it, it shows some thought put into the design and some technology used and, and I, I really like it um it's one of my one of my favorite designs from this year for sure You've got me thinking about next year and Crowder cards already. Um, one thing I you might have some fun chasing will be all those finals cards. Yeah, depends on what my <laughs> depends on if I can get my Com C back up and have some funds available because uh, small town cards, Jason. Now they won, but it's been showing me the price of some of the uh, final stuff from the Raptors that's been selling in it. Um, you know, if we don't have a quote unquote correction to the market um, and people are still chasing that stuff uh, it's the prices are unbelievably high so we'll, yeah we'll see it. i've been i've been on high alert trying to help him find those and and get them right when they're listed because like you said yeah that stuff's pretty crazy right now yeah okay so um obsidian and i actually now that i think of it um even though you mentioned the luca 
Obsidian preview card, which I absolutely love, and I pulled myself and kept. Um, I don't have any other Obsidian cards, so um, I'm just going off of what I've heard. I know uh, I talked to Steve, the other pa- the other Steve, mm-hmm. the Pacers collector, and uh, he likes it. The only issue that he had, he said some of the etching was like was off. You know how some of like the yeah. old Bowman's best refractors, the etching would be off on some of them. He said kind of the same thing here. One thing I wanted to give Panini credit for because we are gonna this gonna I'm gonna turn the table on that a little, but the one one is spectacular. So it uses that mojo design, but the mojo's imprinted into the etching only. So it, like the level that they went to of detail um, to make like a really special one of one, I, I thought was you know another layer of coolness with this product. And again, there's not a lot of um, innovation these days with Panini. So for the, for a product that has different layers, um, is really impressive. So just a little kudos to them there. And I, I know you've shared probably all of these cards before, but uh, we'll try and at least reshare them or post them in a story or something where people can kind of see the ones that you're specifically mentioning here. Um, okay, so after Obsidian, and I might be missing some products here, uh, we had, there was Chronicles, which Jay Crowder did not make Chronicles. And um, then we had Illusions. So I believe Crowder is in Illusions. Is that correct? Yep, he's got he's got a base card and he's got a, a really cool insert in it too that I'll talk about. Um, so your question is going to be the same as the other ones. My thoughts on Illusion. Um, it it's another card that doesn't look like anything else they released, so I appreciate that. Right? It's it's mm-hmm. got it's got some design. The the parallel colors are very rich. So you know, with the Miami Heat, he's got a couple different red ones that just really bring out the, the team aspect of it. Um, again, more cropped out pictures of him dribbling a basketball. It's almost the exact same picture they used in Obsidian. So some laziest, laziness there that I'm, I'm kind of tired of. Um, and a little sidebar, I feel like the cropped out dribbling pictures is because it's, there's no, I'm almost wondering, um, and this is a little conspiracy theory, if it's related to the Michael Jordan issues with background pictures because We've uh, we've seen over the last two years a, a heavy focus on just cropped out pictures, and it's going to be a lot easier to crop out a picture of a player dribbling because there's no hoop, there's no basketball, there's no arm of another player in the way. Right. Um, so that's my little conspiracy theory, but I, I'm finding it pretty lazy. There's enough well, open jump jump shots and stuff to grab. Yeah, I mean, we see even like sometimes coaches are blurred out, refs are blurred out. Um, logos on like stanchions and yeah. you know advertising that kind of stuff has to be cropped out so there's a lot that goes into some of those pictures but man I really do miss some of the game photography it, it just seems like we're getting less and less of it these days yep um, there was one of the illusions cards though I believe did have an in-game shot with Crowder was it the insert yeah, so that that's what I, so this is a this is an insert that I really appreciate. And one, it's very simple. There are a couple parallels. It's called season highlights, and it's a insert set that that highlights a specific moment from a player's game. So like Jalen Brown has one. He went off against the Raptors in uh, on Christmas Day, so he's got one with all stats from that game and a little narrative. So um, it's just there's five parallels. The most rare one is out of twenty five. Um, they just have different background colors, and so. I like this because I still remember my Instagram blowing up uh, when this happened uh, because it was he hit a game winner against the Nets. And right. I probably had 
God, within 60 seconds, I probably had 20 messages like your boy, your boy, your boy. And and so it's a picture of him taking that shot. And on the back, I'm just going to read it because, again, I appreciate Panini capturing this moment in the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, trailing the Nets by two late in overtime on October 27, 2019, Crowder took our handoff pass from John Moran at the top of the key and hoisted a jumper just before time expired. The shot found nothing but net sent the home supporters into a frenzy and delivered a stunning 134-133 Memphis win. Like it's not just a lot of cards are just pictures with very little on the back. This is a a moment from the season. They talk about it and the front it says season highlights and below that says game winner on October 27, 2019. So just a, a really cool insert set um that I, again give Panini kudos where where we can and and something that they did well. Yeah, I mean, it really shows when they put the effort in. And, and let's be honest, um, I mean, this year they didn't have to. They no. they really, and, and well, on some sets they did mail it in, They and they or it seems like that. I don't know if it's fair to say that. But um, this is one where obviously there's a lot more attention to detail. So, um, yeah, like you said, kudos to them. So um, let's talk a little bit about upcoming products. We don't know a lot about what's coming up. We're not even going to touch on flawless and immaculate because we don't know anything about Crowder in that. Um, we do know there's two products we got to talk about. <laughs> um, and remember we just gave all our kudos to Panini. Um, but we're going to talk about hoops premium stock. Can you uh, give us a little bit of a rundown with that product? At least is pitched to be or supposed to be. Yeah. So, well, you've got to remember that they've done, they've done this so that they, they, it's hoops optic, but not really. Uh, so hoops comes out. It's one of the very, it's the very first, if not one of the three very, you know, early releases of the year. Um, and then this, was it this year that they actually had the premium box set as well? So they've already done a hoops premium. And now we have, I think we even got that, um, a previous year, like every there was cards numbered to one ninety nine. It's like twenty. Yeah, it's like the Lonzo Ball rookie year, I think, twenty seventeen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they've done some hoops premium in the past, and I, I think they did one of those box sets this year, but I, I, I couldn't keep track of it all. Um, and now they have hoops premium stock, which is a optic-y <laughs> looking hoops, and then on the front there's a a foil stamp that says premium stock. It's the cheesy. It looks like. You know, something you'd expect out of a Happy Meal with a McDonald's emblem on it. it. It's very cheesy looking. I haven't, I haven't seen much of it on eBay. I don't know if it's live yet, and I, I haven't looked up the the checklist to see if Crowder's in it. I would assume with a a base set as large as Hoops that he might be, but they could have shrunken this down because it's premium. But it's it's just premium stock. It's not even a premium product. So I don't know what it's selling for. I don't know if you've looked that up, but it's no, it's getting no blasted. Clue. It's getting blasted pretty heavily on 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 blowout. And it's a it's an issue where I do think that they could take some of their more popular products. Sorry, Mrs. Wax Museum, but Hoops is a, a solid <laughs> product um, when it's cheap. And do a second series with it or do a premium um, and have sort of that tops and then tops chrome thing for three. Say Donruss um, and Donruss Optic and then Hoops right. and Hoops Premium. I, I I think they could do that. They really – and have a second round, use some new imaging, you know, God forbid some in-game imaging for the rookies and have them wearing their, you know, their full uniforms, et cetera. Um, I, I think there's a market for that. There's not a market yeah. for overproduced – cheesy stuff with weird little foil stamps on them um, that sort of take away from the look of the, the cards. So yeah. I, just, 
Uh, I miss update sets in general, and I know Chronicles had a few. I mean, it was just like a smattering of, you know, a few Optic, a few Prism, the big name Prism guys. Um, But we didn't get a whole lot. You know, it's like like TJ Warren. I wanted a TJ Warren Pacers Prism card, and we didn't get that. And, you know, I didn't expect that either. But um, I do miss update sets. It would be nice if just one of the... Uh, you know, and we didn't have update sets in everything in the past. So just take one or two of the staples and make an update set every year. But And I think it would sell too, but who knows? Um, okay, so we had Hoops Premium stock. Now, there was an announcement. I think it actually came out today, or this is at least when I heard about it. We're recording on Monday night. And um, let's preface this by saying that um, I have been labeled a, someone called me a status truther, whatever that's <laughs> supposed to mean, uh, because I was talking a lot about status and there was a lot of hype around status at one point. I've talked about it on this show. I pulled a LeBron pursuit in my first pack. Um, I wanted to keep it, but that thing's long gone. It was worth too much. Uh, I chased down the Aaron Holiday draft night auto. I just talked about that recently. So I, I've been chasing pursuits. I've been chasing the parallels. I absolutely love, especially 2018 status. I know that you share those same feelings. So, 100%. 100%, right? So, and in fact, you kind of helped convert me to a status truther or whatever you want to call it. Well, then at one point we were told status is not coming out this year. Um, I saw it on, I believe it was on Christina's Corner. There was a Panini employee that said status is not coming out this year. Um, and then we got an announcement today that status, uh, is going to be an Asia exclusive product. Well, and I should, I should even say that they put the status parallels in elite this year and they put the draft night autos in illusions. So it, it definitely seemed like there's no way we're getting status this year. And then they come out with this. Now, the problem being... Steve, tell us a little bit about 2019 status. Well, so I want to back up and like you just said with the Donner's Elite. So the the status idea, part of part of what I love about it is the numbering of some of their parallels. And they um, I, re- I reached out to you and started talking to you about status when you had um, you talked about credentials on one of your episodes and you called it mirror, mirror numbering. And, and status has there's been a status uh, parallel going back to the days of Donruss with with Panini. Um, I think I have a Marcus Smart one, so that would have been in the 2014 draft class. So they've used this concept of status, and the status parallel was always numbered to the jersey, the player's jersey number, and then it had a mirror one, which was the remainder up to 100. So they carry that through different Donruss lines, and not to get, but Donruss is the the way Panini got into America, right? So mm-hmm. I, I've always appreciated that they've had that lineage. And right. then they came out with status as a standalone, which was a little gimmicky because the parallel was still called status. So you've got the status status mm-hmm. <laughs> card. But I, I like that they had that consistency. 2017-18 um, was hit or miss. The cards are on very thin stock, so they, they do kind of warp easily. But some the they had some really cool um, parallels with the, the Pursuit die cuts and uh, some stuff that looked great. And then 2018-19 went 
retail only. They had different releases for Target and Walmart, but the cards look great. It was the right number for a rainbow. Um, rookies had different, you know, styles to their card, depending on if it was Target or Walmart. You talked about the autos. It was inexpensive because you could still get cards at in retail locations. Right. Um, and and you could year, pull certain things out, like draft night autos were blaster yeah. only. Certain yeah. parallels were, you know, different distribution types. I thought that was really cool. And the cards all looked good, you know, and there was, you know, like I said, with plenty of rookies and stuff, it was just, it was a good release and it was a fun break. Um, and then this year, as you, you said, we weren't getting status. They moved back to the Donruss brand with their, their status lineage with the, what they've used there. And then all of a sudden we, we hear about this Asia only release and it's called status and it's just a bag of crap parallels <laughs> with, with no tie to anything and just. The one that ties back a little bit to, to Panini's early game, the 101s are called Swirlorama, which were a popular style in Marquee, I believe, in 2012-13. Yeah, um, yeah. So those might be an interesting 101, uh, but we've got white diamonds out of 125. I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Green Escher squares out of 49. <laughs> gold fireworks out of 10. It, it's it's Asian only, and they didn't even stick with the themes of the Lucky Eight and Eighty Eight that they've used for all their other you know right. Chinese the, releases. Yeah, the it, New Year and all that stuff. Yeah, at least that ties into something. Here you've got base, you've got blue and red like they did last year, but that was for Target and Walmart. Now, so it's just it seems like they, and I'm sure their release schedule got changed like everything else with the pandemic, but this feels to me like they had some stuff sitting in a PDF and they decided to hit print and they didn't know what to call it. So they called it status because that was the first name they saw that wasn't being used. Like it, And it kills it kills a product that really had gotten momentum and had they just re-released status, whether it had been hobby only or retail, and with some tweaks and kept some consistency, it'd be on fire. Um, but they killed it and then they brought it back and it's just a mess um, and we haven't seen it so I'm being completely judgmental but the concept behind it is just not supportive of the hobby in my opinion yeah and I know this this is where you and I turn into Statler and Waldorf the the two old guys on the Muppets <laughs> but um, it's it's like I, I know they 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 actually listen to people people a lot of people were saying hey we really miss status we want status back and and I've seen Panini employees express that on other shows. So I do appreciate the fact that they're listening, but it, it feels weird. Like you didn't need this status name to sell this product. You can literally print Zion on anything. Swirls, fireworks, neon. You could print them on Lisa Frank folders and peace people would buy it. And, but then they're kind of ruining this status name in the process or, or at least bringing it down for a year is the way I see it. But well, I don't. We haven't seen the product yet, but I don't. Uh, Swirlorama doesn't do it, and Gold Fireworks doesn't do it for me. I, I no, miss my old status. Yeah, and, and you make a good point about it bringing down the name because you know there are people that have status cards that are, are worth a lot of money or ha, you know are, are really invested in the product, and now all of a sudden if it it takes this weird turn. It, it kills the consistency, but that also has a you know, a backward effect on the previous years and, and people's just the taste in their mouth about how they feel about the product, you know, takes away from um, some of the glitz from the previous year. So, yeah, you make a, a good point on that one, Kyle. 
Yeah, because I even felt like because um, I didn't get into the 2017 until after the fact. I felt like the 2018 release elevated the 2017 release um, just because even some of the things that appealed to me, the, the draft night autos on 2017 are are ugly. It's just a giant sticker, but it's not framed yeah, on the card they're, or they're anything. Yeah. yeah, they're just awful. And, of course, that was the year the Pacers had like three guys in the set. Um, but it, it's just hard to even pull the trigger to buy any of those. They're awful. But um, then 2018 really upped it. But anyway, I'm, I'm just going on and on. And uh, I will uh, by this point, I will have talked about my Goga draft night auto in the intro. So I'll save all that for the intro. But um, OK, so before we move on from kind of Crowder and new releases, I do want to ask you, do you have have you had any big Jay Crowder pickups lately? I have, but I also want to. Uh, last time I would talk to you, I said you like stats, and you said yeah, throw it at me. So I want to, I want to update a stat. So I did okay, the math good. today. Let's hear it. Um, so Crowder has had cards obviously since his rookie year in 2012. So that's eight seasons of releases that he's been in. It's a total of 827 cards. Um, Eleven of those are upper deck from 2012-13. So back those out. 219 of those cards are released just this year. So 26.7% mm-hmm. of his entire Panini print list is 2019-20 product. And we're, we're not done. He very easily um, could be in another pro- – we don't even know every product that's coming out. They they throw stuff like Status Asia at us today. So um, just a, a sense of – I know he's only one player, but the intense amount of production that's happening this year – um, I, I just thought that was an interesting. I was crunching numbers yeah. earlier and came up with that. That's I. I never. I mean, I knew he was in some stuff, but I never would have guessed that many. And you know, I, I joke about how Crowder's not a a big deal, but imagine a star player. Then, if you're collecting, like you mentioned, the John Wall collector, uh, that's got to be insurmountable task to try and get all that. So, kudos to you, player collectors. Um, I have an immense amount of respect for you, and I'm completely fascinated by the hunt, but I'll live vicariously through you guys. Did we hit on your big Crowder pickup? Uh, we didn't, but I'll hit it. So I, I don't want to bash a seller, so I'm going to try to place it. So I, I want. So I've been. Um, I got to a point where obviously I have most Crowder cards, and I, I wanted something different to focus on. Um, so this year I started hoarding his NTRPAs. Um, and I won a lot of two of them uh, the other night that I'm super. They haven't shipped yet, um, so it is from a reputable seller. So I'm hoping they will. But it's a it's a seller that, um, and I know I flooded your inbox with this stuff, Kyle, just because I was so fascinated. He, I don't know what he was doing. I don't want to say he was manipulating the market because I don't I don't know that. But he would post. He had two of them. He would post them with different background. He would post them for a day at a time. And one day that'd be it'd be a three hundred and fifty dollar buy it now, and the next day it. 500 then the next day he'd have both of them posted for a thousand um he did different backgrounds he rotated them i honestly i don't know if he didn't realize we could see the serial numbers and do they were always the same card um but needless to say he ignored didn't even respond to like any of my questions or offers and he probably should have because i i won them for the two of them combined for like a buck 17 um and i had 60 dollars in an ebay box so um 
pretty low money in in my opinion for two cards and win a love and significantly lower than um an offer that i sent him so i was happy about that and in a little side story that i haven't told you kyle is um the drummond collector in um end of june randomly sent me a real grainy video of a 2012 nt break from back in the day because it had a crowder rpa pulled in it he's like you might just you know i he, he likes watching old breaks so he sent it to me um and that was 66 out of 99 and that's one of the two cards in the lot that i just won so to oh, have wow. that connection and to see you know to see it pull but also to have it happen to be the I mean, there's only a 1% chance of it being that exact card. It's one out of 99. So um, I thought that was a really cool connection. And him and I have had a, had a bunch of neat conversations around around that point. So little that, that makes that makes a lot even better for me that it's one of those cards. I wish that um, you had been chasing these when I was watching box breaks for Anthony Davis RPAs because I went through, oh, geez, at least 50 cases worth of breaks at one point. But... Um, yeah, I will not be doing that again, but, um, I, we found a lot of Anthony Davis in the process, but okay. So, uh, and please post those up. I'm, well, I'm sure you're going to post those up when you get those. I can't wait to see them. We need a group picture at some point too. Yeah. I got to figure out, I I'll be up at, um, I don't want to blow up my spot. Let me see. <laughs> There's actually another one up and I'll, I don't care if it is that I'm going after, um, that has a horrifically smudged auto. And I, I actually track these in a spreadsheet and I've always wondered where that one is because the auto is like clearly was writing and like the wrist went right across it. Um, and that one's up for, for auction now. So I'm obviously not going to go too deep on that one. Um, it's 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 weirdly got more activity than the two I just won. So I don't know if there's something up with it. Um, but if I if I win that one, I'll be up to 12 total. So um, got a good good little pile of them. Yeah, and his was numbered to 99 instead of 199. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. So, in addition to collecting Crowder, and I think we talked about it on the last episode, you have an amazing Boston Celtics collection. So, we're talking Hall of Fame rookies, gold prisms, gold refractors, autographs, and so on and so on. So, we've got to talk a bit about your Celtics in the playoffs this year. And sorry if this opens any um, fresh wounds here, but. Um, what were your expectations heading into the playoffs this year? So, you know, and I knew you were going to ask this question, and it's it's one that um, so I'm in a Celtics group chat on on Instagram, and we the as a group we're talking all the time, and my friends and family all know I'm a diehard Celtics fan. Um, so I've I've talked a lot, so I've gotten the pain out, so I'm I'm okay talking <laughs> about this. It's it's inter- It depends on how you frame the question, right? So. Prior to the season starting or as the season was up and running, what were my hopes for the team? They were what happened. It was, you know, to have an appearance in the Eastern Conference Final. I don't want to say losing six, but, like, we figured it would be Milwaukee. And Milwaukee probably would have gotten some depth at the trade deadline and they were a wagon. Um, And then for Jalen and Jason to um, – take that next step in their game right and so tatum became an all nba player first year all-star jalen brown continued to develop as a leader on and off the court and played all-star basketball um his efficiency numbers and shooting are through you know just took exponential leaps this year so our two young core players did what we needed them to they you know shook off the dirt that Kyrie left behind and they, they took over the team and they made it to the eastern conference finals so they we Every expectation I had was accomplished, but it's a fluid situation. We then we ended up in the bubble, and as we were going through the playoffs, you know, 
they took care of Philly, which was awesome. Um, talk about a dumpster fire. It just there's a lot yeah, going on there. And I love fun watching wa- Philly lose. I I do too. I'm. I'm I'm upset that Doc's going there um, because I think he might actually be able to get through. I'm not saying he will, but he uh, might be know. able to get them at least representative. Of a right. Yeah. Contender. I mean, if anyone can do it, I think Doc's got a chance. Because um, I like watching them just flame out. But um, so that, it was it was good to watch them dismantle them. It sucked that Gordon got injured again. Um, his mojo just isn't in Boston. Then they go on to the Raptors series and they look like they're taking control of that. And then that inbound play happens and Lowry reminds us that he's a beast. Um, but that was a fun series. And had they that was a series that had it happened outside of the bubble with home. My thought would have been whoever had home court advantage was probably going to win. And I, I hated that as fans, we missed out on that experience for the those two teams are have battled over the years, but never met in the playoffs. And to have that taken away kind of kind of sucked um yeah but that's you know that's that's more my experience as opposed to, and then they get to miami and on paper so now they're in the eastern conference finals but now they're favorites in the eastern conference finals so then your expectations change and they just got embarrassed um you know kemba's play was a huge letdown he did not look anything like a max player he may have a knee injury i don't know but how do you have a knee injury and then be in quarantine for all that time and come back and still not play well? Um, they blew two 14-plus point leads. They couldn't close out games. They couldn't figure out a zone. Like Miami was basically saying, we're not changing our defense, and they still couldn't figure it out. They got yeah. coached. They got they reverted to bad basketball. Marcus Smart hucking up threes within four seconds. It just it got ugly, and it, it wasn't enjoyable basketball to watch. Um, regardless of them losing, it just wasn't good basketball. And that – for a team that really had learned how to play together, it was a huge disappointment. Um, so, well, I will say, I will say, I would have, as a fan, this is, people cringe from this. I would have rather them lose to Miami than lose to LA, though. I don't think I could have stomached them <laughs> losing to LeBron in the Golden Purple. I, I don't think I could. So that's that's my my silver lining to the Miami series. <laughs> I heard Bill Simmons today trying to say that the Lakers only have twelve titles because five of them were in Minneapolis. It's <laughs> yeah. like, come on, Bill. <laughs> Pathetic. But, um, I, look, I know when, when Ryan was on, I kind of downplayed the Nuggets and my expectations for them. Um, so I want to I make a confession here about the Celtics. Yeah. Um, when my Pacers were, you know, poised to make the playoffs, it um, I really wanted Boston um, and not Miami. Miami actually scared me because of some regular season matchups we'd had, as did Toronto. But I, you know, I thought if if we could get Boston or Philly, both of you guys seemed a little dysfunctional. You know, it's like is is Jalen and Tatum going to show up? Um, could we bully you into playing Cantor? You know, there was just like several things I was thinking about where it's like you know, Indy could actually win a series. Um, instead, we got swept for the third time in four years but you know it is what it is so i don't know i i felt like you guys in the bubble were very disjointed and and part of that is the whole hayward situation too and and they didn't the the basketball that they showed especially during the seeding games was was not good basketball it really wasn't and it wasn't the basketball that we were used to saying and again there who knows we can't put ourselves in that situation. We really can't. We've heard about it, you know, being being tough. I, one of the podcasts I listen to is it's a bad podcast. It's Scal and Pals, but it's it's Brian Scalabrini, Ryan McDonough, and they 
they have executives on um, that came out or they would have media people that were in the bubble and said like, no, we're sitting in our room all day. Like there's not like, yeah, you can play volleyball for a little bit, but how much volleyball can you play? It's right. So we can't put ourselves in that situation. But the bat, yeah, I agree. The basketball we saw um, in the bubble from the Celtics was not what had been growing during the season. Um, and I think we, you know, Tatum wasn't him. Tatum wasn't as confident. He wasn't as focused. He had some really bad games. Um, so, I, but I will say that as a Celtics fan, I thought the exact same way. Bring on the Pacers or the <laughs> or the Sixers. I want <laughs> yeah, nothing to do I, with Toronto. And even as the playoffs, it as it was lining up and Miami was beating Milwaukee, I would have rather faced Milwaukee too. You know, I knew Miami was going to be that focus. It's it's Pat Riley's team. That's what you get. Yeah. So, um, I feel like yeah. for as as good as Giannis is, um, he has some serious faults for a superstar uh and i like Giannis. i don't want to just slam him but i think game planning for him for a series is doable um now granted he's still gonna get you know might get his 30 or 40 but i think it's a lot easier to plan for him than it is some other situations because at the end of the game you know it's like sure let him shoot you know just build a wall and let him shoot um all right so before, um, well, actually, we, we got to talk about Crowder again real quick. So you ended up losing to the Heat, but your PC guy was on the other team. So t- tell me a little bit about that. Well, so it was, I'll start with just the playoffs. It was a lot of fun watching. I mean, I can't believe I'm rooting for the Heat because I, I can't stand them. But it, this Heat team, this Heat squad was a lot of fun to watch. They, I really appreciate that. They were, and I hated um, that feeling too. Yeah. I felt dirty. Yeah, God, I mean, Pat Riley makes me like cringe every time I see him. But and there's so much history with Boston, Miami, Boston Riley. So, I, I it was I really enjoyed the team and um, Crowder since he got traded in Miami really found his groove. I I think he was probably trying to do too much in Memphis and Miami just slotted him into where they needed him and he was starting for them and and he had a really strong playoffs um i know you know we talked and and you had pointed out that he killed you in some of the pacers games and um he shot lights out against milwaukee he, like 90 percent of his shots were threes and they were falling um and then thankfully they weren't in against boston that was his worst series and i was actively rooting against him it's it's team before player for me and i right. it was funny like without even knowing it in my brain i was uh, instead of focusing on like good to see Jay, you know, coming up on he's going to be you know ten years in the league. Here he is finding his groove for the playoff team. It was more I was focused on the negative side of his games, like the flopping and the pissing yeah. and moan into the refs. And the I appreciate that he's a gamer and will doesn't mind getting under other players' skins and maybe toeing the line a little too aggressively. But man, in that playoff series, I was like, "F you, get off the floor." Uh, in the in the Celtics group, I'm really good friends with the Marcus Smart collector, and he was pissing and moaning about all of Crowder's flopping. And I had a, I was like, "Excuse me, you can't be a Marcus Smart fan and complain about flopping." Um, yeah, but he didn't he didn't appreciate that too much. But well, and that also makes me think. I know um, Simmons was going on about Stan Van Gundy was complaining about Marcus Smart, <laughs> and then just completely building up Kyle Lowry. As yes. if you know, as if we weren't seeing the the. It's like the Spider Man meme when they're pointing at one another. <laughs> but, so and now I know there's a negative side of the crowd or two. You there was probably a little bit of concern that maybe his card prices would go up, right? 
Yeah, and it's um, interestingly they didn't as much. What I saw, so I did, I did end up buying one um, NTRPA. I, I I paid more for it than I pay for usually when I buy two of them. Um, it wasn't a ton of money for an RPA, but it it definitely I was. 20, you know, 2020 has been good for many reasons, and one is it's very easy to sell cards that I had no money into for a bunch. So I'm I'm okay overspending for a card here and there, knowing that it's as you've used a reference before, like trading a card. So right. I essentially traded a Jalen Brown Optic PSA 10 for a Crowder NTRPA. It's um, so that, base card money. Yep, exactly, base card money. So that you know that one card did spike what i saw more of was cards disappearing off ebay that had been there for a while um rookie autographs and and maybe some some lower end stuff especially rookie year stuff like a contender's auto that normally could sit on ebay all day long at a buck 50 uh, plus shipping would show up at auction and sell for maybe five to ten bucks you know so but there's still right if you go on there right now there's still someone trying to sell a 2019 optic gold with a starting bid of ten dollars that's been there all year you know and, and right. none of the price gouging cards got picked up it was more that i saw inventory moving uh, but it didn't where i'm at with my collection didn't really impact me as much but i did have that fear like every time they won especially against milwaukee knowing that the world was tuned into Giannis and that he was you know shooting lights out and the miami factor miami fans can you know, push the price pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. so, but I did, I did not see much of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was a little worried that Jay Crowder had jumped the shark when I saw uh, Eddie from Investicard uh, trying <laughs> to sell a lot of SGC-graded <laughs> Jay Crowder rookie autos. Um, but I, that's that's I, all I, I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I, I might have hopped on one of those live feeds and, and pl- pushed the buttons a little bit. And <laughs> when he, he threw out a price of $600... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty good for a bunch of bunch of common stuff. But anyways, kudos to him. I'm sure he's he seems to be doing well for himself, and he's right. entertaining. I do. I get a lot of entertainment out of him. All right. So um, before we wrap this thing up today, there's one more thing that I want to talk to you about, or really just um, have you tell us about. Is you had a like a hobby related outing this past weekend, and I wasn't there. I kind of saw it through Instagram. So I'm pretty much going to hand things over to you. But from what I saw, it, it I thought this was an excellent example of the hobby being what you make of it. So can you tell me a little bit about your hobby-related outing this weekend? Yeah. So um, let me just set the table a little bit and, and then give a little background. So I'm going to use first names. So there was four of us. But let me uh, let me give them shout-outs for their, their Instagram feeds because they're phenomenal collectors to follow up on. So there was, there was myself, um, my good friend Jason, who is on Instagram – at JB's Jalen Brown PC, uh, a buddy of ours, Dan, which is the itch for cards, and that's the number four, and then Cam, which is at Cameron's underscore sports underscore cards. So um, Jason and I go back to Blowout, which I'm not very active on Blowout anymore, um, but for many years I was. I used to be the one that every year would start the Celtics team thread, which would have a hundred pages of comments before we even hit game one. Um, and so he's on, he's on blowout at the big bad bollard and, uh, probably three or four years ago, maybe longer. Uh, sorry if I messed up that timeline, but he had just made a post about, you know, how he's back in the hobby and just wanted some cards of his childhood, um, hero, Paul Pierce. And I 
at that time I had a huge Paul Pierce collection. I still do, but it's it's definitely focused down. Um, and I had some duplicates. Um, and I'm not telling people you have to go and give cards away, but I, I do enjoy sharing the hobby love. Um, four years ago, car, a base card couldn't sell for 150 bucks. It just wasn't physically possible. So I sent him a little care pack. I just I didn't hadn't talked to him. I just saw the post, knew he was a Celtics fan, um, asked for his address. Sent him cards. One of them was a, a relic a auto out of 34 that had some chipping on the back that I just knew wasn't you know easy to sell. And um, he was really appreciative of that. And he lived in a town that I always thought had a funny name in Massachusetts. And we just we started talking, um, developed a friendship. And earlier this year, he was generously gifted some Celtics courtside Celtics tickets um, to the January game against the Pelicans. And he, he asked me to go. So after talking online for several years, um, we met up at the fours, RIP fours, Boston people will understand that. Um, met up at the fours for some beers, bought him dinner, we went over the games, just had a hell of a time. Absolutely great time. And we've, we've continued the friendship since. He, him and his wife uh, have a, a young child that's the same age as my daughter. So we went up to his place, you know, during the quarantine to just get out, you know, go socialize. Um, and he's, just a, he's a very social, outgoing guy. So Jason had the idea of getting, getting us together. And it's all connected to that, that Celtics team um, chat that we have on Instagram. So he reached out to those of us um, that talk, you know, most frequently and, organized a little get together and so the four of us jason myself dan and cam all went out to kate uh, jason's part of the woods um and we we met up in the city of worcester we had you know a couple drinks we had lunch we we hung out it was beautiful weather so we ate outside um and just i i lost track of time i for a lunch that consisted of a burger and a beer. We were probably there for a solid two plus hours talking cards, talking life, just, you know, connect like we had known each other for years. Um, and that, that was just a really great time. Um, before I had left, I put together some hot packs. I went through my PC. I know the guys' collections really well. So I put together some hot packs for them to open. And um, so after lunch, we head over to the card shop. Jason's got a really great local card shop. Owners very active in the hobby, very active with you know distributors and doing contests and you know breaks for fun. He's not he doesn't do a ton of breaks, but does them you know just for fun with local guys. And um, so we went over there, hung out there. We exchange. We all end up having cards for each other that we gifted to each other. So we exchanged some cards. Um, everybody was sort of buying a pack here and there. I had a binder with me. So I had my, my Pierce and Jalen Brown binder. So Pierce collection is almost exclusively refractors and prisms. Um, and it's 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 fairly complete. It's not everything, but it's pretty complete. And then Jalen Brown is, is a couple rainbows. And then um, shout out to Al, um, LJ and KG. A ton of, I probably have 80 jersey numbered Jalen Browns. And that's just how I focused. You know, you can't buy every player, every card these days. So I had that binder with me and I... I would put it on the table and the guys just like geeked out on it. and to, to be in that spot in this day and age as a 39 year old man and have my friends going through my cards and they know what I have, right? We talk all the time, but for them to truly appreciate them and stop and talk about cards and Dan would show Cam something about a card that he didn't know about or that look at a card that's on, on, oh, I haven't seen one of these. Can I take it out? And just really appreciate having other people appreciate my cardboard. It was, it was a ton of fun. Um, and then I haven't bought any wax this year. It's just 
priced more than I can afford. But I did have some, you know, some fun fund money that I was ready to piss away. So I was sitting there with some money in my pocket, just burning a hole. And I saw they had one box. Here comes the theme: a single box of hobby box of 2017-18 status. So I knew where my money was going. I wasn't buying. That's the cost of that box could have got me like four retail packs of mosaic if I wanted to. So um, that one box was was where I was going. So I take it out. I go over to the sort of the side table where my binder is, and the guys know I have it, and they got some packs and. They're open. They're looking over my shoulder. They're going to talk to the owner. Um, coming back, and I'm going through, and I'm I'm at the I think it was an 18 pack box, and it's one auto per per um per box. So I'm down to my final three or four. And by now, all three guys are around me. Like, what if he hits so hard? I'm like, I don't know. A LeBron James base card. I think was my best one. There was a Bam rookie. There, there was nothing in there. I didn't miss. And then, do you have your auto yet? And you know, nope, haven't hit it yet. So it's in there. So I come down pack 17. I think it was like a Kawhi red, uh, you know, out of 199 or something. I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's probably my best hit. They're like, well, you don't have the auto yet. I'm like, I know. So we know the auto's in the last pack, and I open it up, and you can see, you can see green. So we know it's it's there's a green color to it. And you know, we're in Boston, we're all Celtics fans, and we go through and we're flipping through, and I'm going slow because we know the auto's there. And I, I have it right next to me, actually. Um, and I, I get to the auto, and you know, Panini's autos are always are always face down, right? So you see the back of the card. So the, the back of the card, you, you pull it away, and they're staring at me, and you flip it over, and boom, a Jason Tatum rookie autograph. Hmm. Now, wow. not, a, not a huge hit money-wise. It's a sticker auto, but it's a nice-looking card. It's shiny. And the place erupted, right? It was like being 13 years old all over again. They're giving me high fives. The owner's running over to take a picture. And to be able to do that, like I've hit, most of my other hits are like in the, in the cab of my truck or sitting alone at my <laughs> coffee table in my living room because my wife, you know, nobody cares. And then I go online and people are like sick hit. But to have that energy and to have that social opportunity in that moment and then, you know, it could have been a BAM auto. It could have been Donovan Mitchell. Who You know, those, those would have been cool too. But for it to be a the young Celtics gun, right? Right. In that moment, in that shop, it was just – it was like the coolest experience. And that's a car that – I will always keep with me. Will always represent that time. Um, but it it was just it was so much fun, and you know everyone was like excited, and um, just to have that social opportunity, you know, it's, it was it was a blast. And so it, our hope was always to be able to get together. There's a, a pretty large re- regional show in the Boston area. I think it comes around twice a year. We call it Shriners because it's at a Shriners Auditorium. Our plan as a group was always to get together to that with that. And, you know, with that being shut down, Massachusetts is still in a pretty aggressive lockdown. Um, so we know we knew we couldn't. So, you know, really grateful that Jason took the time to initiate this. And we, we made it all work. And it was a lot of fun and great memories were shared. So definitely, definitely my favorite way to uh, enjoy the hobby and my favorite hobby-related moment that, that I can think of um, since I re-entered the hobby, to be honest with you. Yeah, with the the Tatum, it's like something that you couldn't script. So, you know, it's always nice to be around people that appreciate what you have. And, you know, I, I know I've joked on here before about uh, I show cards to my wife. You know, it's like anyone that's around me, I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. look at this. Like this is a, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's only so many of them, blah, blah, blah. Um, but to be able to show it to people that actively chase the same stuff and yeah. kind of know what goes into that chase um, that's something else and it's hard to replicate that. So 
Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I, and I didn't know the full details of it. Um, I'm just blown away. I'm jealous, right? It sounded like it was a great afternoon. Um, Steve, as always, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Um, before we go, go ahead and give us your social media handles again and um, feel free to plug anything else that you'd like. The floor is yours. Cool. Um, so I, I just, again, thanks, Kyle. I, I you know have a ton of fun doing this. I, I love interacting with the hobby. Um, content creators, thank you for doing what you do with this. Um, and I, I want to, before, you know, not to, to blow smoke up your, your behind, but I, I want to give you a big thanks for also the, the, the spin that you've put on the hobby recently as far as make it what you can and that there's been some really good stuff in 2020. And I, I think a lot of what is being consumed out there is all about whether the bubble's going to burst or investment this or money that or the hobby sucks because it's overproduced and there's sneaker boys in it. And, and we, you and I have those conversations too, but um, you always bring it back to a reality check with, you, with your content. So I want to I say thanks to that and I hope people are hearing that. Um, my social media, like we said at the beginning, is very easy to find. It's S-H-O-W-L-E-Y-2003. Um, that's, that's eBay, ComC, Instagram, um, Blowout Forums, Beckett even. Um, so you can find me there and we got to get you a Twitter, by the way. I have one. I don't, I don't use, I have not, I actually, so I have Shaoli 2003 at Twitter too. If you want to hit me up there, I, I haven't found much enjoyment with that. It's, it's, <laughs> I, but I don't spend the time with it either. I've, I got to know Twitter really well when I was in Instagram jail, <laughs> Instagram which jail. by the way, I'm free now. If I didn't yeah. say it in the intro, I'm free. I know I'm, I'm honored to be like your first guest after you're, you're let out of jail. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't have anything to plug though. I mean, you guys have heard, you know, I'll say, I guess my collections, Jay Crowder, always open to see what people have. If you have anything stashed away, Pierce refractors. Um, that's, that's my, my favorite chase. Uh, one of the quarantine goals I did accomplish was I, now this will change as more people get inducted. I, I have a PC of rookie cards for everyone that was ever involved with the Celtics and is in the hall of fame. Um, so that could be someone like Gary Payton who, you know, played half a season with them, or it could be someone like Bill Russell, who's a legend. Um, so there's there's four guys that I still need rookie cards from, five actually. They don't actually have rookie cards with the ex- exception of Chuck Cooper, who his only card is in 2019 Hall of Fame, which is disgusting. I think he should be remembered more aggressively for his contributions to the game. Um, but so I was able to accomplish that. I, I finished that set. I got, I got all the remaining rookies I had. So um that's last time I was with you. I, I had to. That was my big plug was to for people to reach out, but I was able to accomplish that. So, um, really nothing to plug. I don't. I don't create content. I'm just on Instagram. I'm on all the time. Reach out with any. You know, people love to reach out with questions. Um, happy to engage with people, but um, that's that's me. So just just being in the hobby and enjoying the hobby is is my plug. All right, Steve. Well, I, I appreciate it, and uh, of course we'll be messaging on and off throughout the week, but thanks again. No problem, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Steve for coming back on the show and chatting about his collection and some of his hobby experiences. I'll make sure to share his social media so you guys can give him a follow. Maybe you've had a fun hobby day recently like Steve, or maybe you've had an incredible pull for your PC like is Jason Tatum. Let me know on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at WaxMuseumPC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. 
Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. Shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Thank you.